Way to go, bro. Oh, I love that, Jake. I, I am really thankful for you sharing about the Lord filling that hole um, and that his love has satisfied you, but this community really loves and appreciates you too. So I'm thankful that you're here. Well, how are we sitting, y'all? You want to do like the goose V thing or like the V shape? I don't know. Guys, I watched Mighty Ducks growing up, and you got to do like the Mighty Duck V. I don't know. Anyone seen Mighty Ducks before? Okay. It's on Disney Plus. Go watch it. Change your life. Learn about the knuckle puck. Knuckle puck. Yeah. Well, uh, excited to be here with you guys tonight. Um, if this is your first time at Crew, welcome um, to date night. Um, <laughs> Uh, who went on a date last week as a result of what we talked about? No one's going to raise their hands. Everyone's looking around like, who did it? You did it. Oh, you can raise your hand. Okay. Well, um, well, we've been talking about dating the last, um, well, we talked about it last week and we're talking about it again this week. Uh, we didn't know we were going to talk about it again, but because we felt like there were so many questions that were asked that we wanted to address, we just ran out of time. Apparently, an hour and 45 minutes wasn't enough for me and Amy. Um, so we wanted the opportunity to get to um, address more of those questions with you and um, thought this time it could be fun for you to get to hear from a different perspective. Um, and so tonight, uh, you'll get the opportunity. I'm going to be asking questions, um, and my friends here um, are going to be answering them. And I think what's fun is that um, for Sheely and Eric and Rebecca, they serve on staff with crew, um, but they, to my knowledge, are not married. Um, and, uh, and I thought it could be fun for, for you guys to maybe find, rather than hearing, hearing from um, that weird couple last week, uh, you could hear from them uh, who aren't married, but getting to hear people who are in a similar stage in terms of their dating lives as, you, as most of you. Or who's married here that's uh, not Randy and Sarah? Um, or the Eads or John? Okay, okay, there's actually quite a few crew staff who are married. Never mind. Um, before I have them share, because I'm going to have them share kind of about where they're at, um, let me uh, just real briefly uh, try to recap some of the things that we were um, laying out last week. You want to hand something to us, Robert? Give it up for Robert. So last week, we were talking about dating, and one of the things we were saying is that when it comes to something we inherit from our culture, like dating, um, we have three options, to receive it as it is, uh, to reject it, and say we can't be part of it, can't participate, or to redeem it. And that as, as followers of Jesus, if that's how you would identify, um, we have to redeem dating. And we, we need to redeem it in several ways. We need to redeem the why we date. We talked about how uh, for Christ followers, we can't just accept the reason of it's just fun, although it can be fun, and we, we, we hope that your dating lives are fun, but it can't just be fun. It has to be intentional and purposeful with the aim towards marriage. Um, otherwise, things just get out of alignment in terms of how we're doing dating. Um, we need to redeem the how like how we date each other. Um, this was where I, ex I explained how the Bible only recognizes three kinds of relationships, neighbor, family, and spouse. And so the, the, what we laid out was that in light of the scriptures, 
It's actually really helpful for us as we think about dating in our culture, we think it's kind of like this new relationship, more than a friend, less than a spouse. But that kind of leads us, not kind of, it does, it leads us into all sorts of trouble. Um, it leads us into sin a lot of times, and at worst, uh, or perhaps at best, it just leads us into unwise living. Um, and so dating, we, we proposed was, um, here's the better way to think about it. Dating is an activity that you do with a friend. It's, a, it's an activity you do with a friend. And that when we keep that, that relationship in mind, that this person's a neighbor, this person is a friend, that actually gives us a whole lot of clarity about what we should and should not be doing in dating in terms of our boundaries and all those kinds of things. And then the last thing we said we need to redeem is the who. Who are we dating? Um, you know, we need to be thinking about not only where we're at, but what should characterize the kind of person I'm dating. Um, if, if we're moving towards marriage, what are the things that the scriptures uphold as values in a spouse? And we should really work backwards from that. Those values we would want in a spouse someday should be the very things that we're looking for in a person that we're choosing to date. Make sense? So <clears throat> that's where we went. And now, um, that we wanted to um, not only answer some leftover questions, but actually get these guys to open up uh, and share with us a little bit about their own uh, kind of journeys and where they're at in their own um, dating lives. So y'all, this will be fun, this will be fun. Um, could you share with us um, who you are and uh, where are you at in your dating life? And even I would ask, because here's what I don't, I, I actually don't, really know how they're going to respond to even the framework we laid out last week. I don't entirely know. Um, so where are you at in your dating life, and what are your feelings towards that dating framework that we talked about even just last week? And why do you feel that way? Well, I will start. Um, my name is Sheely. I've been on staff for three years. Thank you for naming. Um, yeah, where, where I'm at with dating. I was in a relationship for two years, and we broke up in August, and then um, I was single for about six months, and now I have been dating somebody for two months, and so it's kind of where I'm at now. Um, as regards to the framework, I think I had some similar feelings of like initial shock at first, because it's just so different than everything I've thought about before. Um, and I think I've learned a lot of lessons over the past two years. And I would say one of the biggest things, there were a lot of things that I did not do right and I would, or I have changed and continue to change for the future. But one of the things I think I did do right was this idea of like, <clears throat> uh, we're friends and we're going on dates. Um, specifically with going through the breakup, it was like, this is gonna sound crazy, but the best breakup that you could ask for. Like, it did not feel like a breakup. A lot of it was just us encouraging each other, reminiscing on good memories, like calling out greatness in each other, reaffirming like there's no hard feelings. Um, we went our separate ways, but if I see him again, like, I'm not gonna be running the other way, and I would even be excited to hear how life has been and catch up just like I would with a friend, and so, I think that really guarded my heart from a lot of heartbreak that I could have felt. 
It was totally still really hard, <laughs> like especially the first week after. Um, it actually literally happened right before the semester, like with work and crew started. And so it was like, break up next day, go to your staff retreat. And I was like, how in the world do I do this? Like, I'm crying and everything, but um, was just surrounded by a lot of compassion. And then it, I think I was only like feeling that sadness for about a week before I felt like I could get back to my normal self. And it wasn't that, you know, I didn't care about him or didn't remember the relationship at all or anything, but um, just from guarding my heart in that way, I think I was like really grateful, especially for somebody who does not like conflict or like animosity between me and other people. That was really, really healthy for my heart after that, going through that. And then, um, <clears throat> yeah, with the guy I'm currently dating, um, definitely like learned a lot of lessons from that past relationship. Um, but I mean, you can ask me how we started dating and kind of that process. It's actually a really cool story. But um, the two things I'll say is, um, yeah, there was like initial attraction, which I think is good. You should be attracted to the person you're dating. But um, what was even more attractive is like the more I got to know him as a friend, he kept talking and would not shut up about how much Jesus changed his life. <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. Like, I cannot, I'm, I'm not getting tired of hearing this story. Like, yeah, who he was before Jesus, how he changed his life, how he is now. Um, and then he also really challenged me because he is constantly getting into spiritual conversations with the people around him. Like, literally, we were skiing and we were on a ski lift or a chairlift, and he was talking to the guy next to him and got into a spiritual conversation. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, I'm a missionary. And He's just like striking up conversation with the guy next to him. Like that really challenges me in my own evangelism. And so, yeah. Anyway. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Waiting there. It's not Eric. <laughs> We're not dating. <laughs> Different guy. <laughs> yeah. Aww. <laughs> no. <laughs> but they're still friends. We are. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so, just knowing that it's been built on friendship, and I like really enjoy spending time yeah. with him and look up to him good. in a lot of ways with that. It's really encouraging. So, so good. That was a little bit, sorry. All right, Eric, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, um, so my, I'm Eric. Uh, right, where where have I been? Um, so I guess my, my history or my background with dating um, I started dating a, a girl back in high school, um, which was a while ago now, I guess. Um, and so dated her for four years, uh, broke up with her, um, and then been single for four years. Uh, and then I've yeah recently started dating someone a few months ago. Um, so I guess jump back in. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I guess to some of my history with it, I think, so the first, uh, um, yeah, the girl that I dated for four years, I didn't think about dating at all. I mean, I'm in high school, and so you just jump right in. Um, and, and that relationship just very quickly um, became uh, one of deep intimacy uh, in every way that you could think of. Um, and, and we became very, very close. Um, and so for years, I was like, this is an amazing relationship. And I loved it, because I was like, man, I'm getting to experience this intimacy with her in so many different ways. 
Um, and I just thought this is the best. Until um, I, I actually decided that I wanted to start walking with the Lord. And I had to start thinking through some of these things, like, man, does this person walk with the Lord? Do they want to walk with the Lord with me? Uh, and all of that felt very unclear. Uh, and what made it really, really difficult was I was, I was so attached and connected with her. And so there was no good way to think through these things because as soon as I had to actually give it any thought or think about it, all I could think of was how devastated I would be if I broke up with her. Um, which happened, like I broke up with her two years in for a week and I was so like lonely and we got back together in like a week um, and then continued dating for another couple of years. Uh, but I share that because, um, yeah, when, when we did finally break up uh, after four years, it was miserable, I hated it, um, like, and, and it just felt like, I, I, I don't mean to belittle this, but it just felt like divorce in a lot of ways because I was so in involved with her and her family, she was so involved with me and my family, that it was not just us like going our separate ways, it was us having to figure out how to like untangle years worth of connectedness. Uh, and it sucked, uh, I didn't like that. Uh, and it left uh, all of its um, baggage and that sort of thing. Um, and I spent four years not really thinking about it. And then I had to start rethinking about it. Um, Nick was challenging me just to, I, I think he, he knew I wasn't like processing any of that. So he started probably like a year or so ago, just challenging me to actually think through those things. Um, and I didn't for a while, uh, but then I, I had to. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get a new chance to, to jump into this. Um, and I, I love the Lord and I wanna follow the Lord with my dating relationship or my dating, whatever language you wanna use. Um, and, and so I had to think through the framework. Um, and that was hard. Cause like they said, you go to the Bible and you look up dating in the appendix and you're not gonna find it. Um, but what I did find is that it's very clear to me um, that in terms of, of intimacy and in terms of, um, uh, we'll start with like connectedness and sex, that there are, are three categories of that. That there's, there's your neighbor, your family, and your spouse. And I thought, I, I think that's very clear. Um, and so as I had to think through more about what it would look like to actually pursue someone and actually date someone, I think the burden fell on me um, to think through how it looks like to date someone and, and respect those boundaries that I think the Bible lays out very clearly. Um, and so as, we, as we've talked about these three categories, I know they feel really tough, but what, I've, what, I, what I stand behind is that whether you would say it's right or wrong, and I don't, I'm not gonna say that, what, that these three categories are thinking through dating in these ways right, but I do think that it's best. Uh, because I've experienced what it looks like to elevate that person. I've experienced what it looks like to have to break that up. Um, and, and there's just, I mean, sin abounds. Um, and even if sin doesn't abound, it, it's gonna be way harder than it needs to be to have, you, you're gonna connect so well emotionally. It's easy to connect um, deeply emotionally. Um, and everything else will follow. And that's just how we're naturally wired. Um, and so it's been interesting, like it's easy for me to say that, and it was really easy for me to say that when I was single. Uh, and it's interesting now that I've uh, gotten back into that. Um, yeah, that just because it's easy for me to sit here and say that doesn't mean it's easy for me to execute it. 
uh, and we've only been dating a few months, right? And I find myself constantly having to remind myself of, man, I would love to, to say like how much I'm like committed to this person, how much like, man, I really want to like maybe marry this person and I wanna say these things. Um, but I've experienced what happens when you do that. Uh, and then when you actually get to the moment and decide not to, it's just not worth it. And I think what I found is I'm, I'm really able to learn so much about this girl by asking good questions, uh, bringing people in my life whose opinions I value and whose opinions I care about uh, and getting their input, bringing her around family and friends as soon as possible. I think it's so easy to think through like, oh, I, we need to be like super committed before I would introduce this person to my family and friends. But I think that's backwards. I care about what my family and friends think about this girl. I don't wanna be like, I don't wanna be fallen and fully for this girl before I have people telling me like, uh, maybe you shouldn't, uh, that sucks. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of value um, in at least thinking through um, how I can uh, pursue, I think, holiness and really pursue these, these boundaries of intimacy that I think the Bible has laid out. Um, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on that, I guess. Great. Rebecca. Yeah, so I'd say this framework of dating felt pretty new to me. Um, even just like being new to this team is like, had had conversations with you guys. I was like, oh, that's super interesting. Um, but I think the more I reflect on it, the more I'm like, I feel, I feel like there's a lot of wisdom to this framework of dating. Um, so a bit of like what I've walked through dating wise, I feel like there's kind of two extremes that we experience in dating. Um, and I think I've experienced both of them. I think the first one is the far extreme of, I'm just gonna like dive into culture and do exactly what culture says. Essentially like I'm gonna accept what culture says about dating. I feel like the other extreme is the super, super biblical, and I do quotes because I don't think it's actually biblical, where you're like, okay, this is for the Lord. I want to honor the Lord in my dating life. Therefore, I'm essentially going to like play marriage and be that serious with this person minus all the physical stuff. Like that's, yeah, that's the biblical way to date. And I actually think that that is super unwise on both sides. Um, I'll speak more to like the, the extra Christian version of it. Um, I think when you commit too fast, too early, um, there's just so much room for heartbreak, honestly. And that was, that was kind of my story with that. Um, I was at a point in a relationship where it's like, okay, this is where we're gonna live together, this is the ministry we're gonna join, like having all these plans, um, but there wasn't the commitment. Um, and that was, that was so hard to, yeah, to have that. So I find that, like I just think it's, it's unwise and I think you just leave a lot of room for getting hurt. Um, and on the, you know, the culture side, it's like, there's also just so much room for hurt. Like when you're crossing so many boundaries, it's like, it's a really vulnerable part of yourself um, to give to somebody. Like kind of like you guys shared, like there's no, there's no commitment. Um, and so I think it just ends up hurting you. So I, I just see so much wisdom in this framework because of what I've walked through. I'm like, I think, I think it protects me um, just as I think about dating. Um, and yeah, I guess a little bit where I'm at now, um, there's people I'm going on dates with and getting to know. Nothing like 
committed relationship. Um, but I think it's really helpful to have that framework thinking about it, because then it's like, okay, I can look at these people from this standpoint and be like, the why matters a ton, mm -hmm. the how matters a ton, and the who matters a ton. And having that without like the emotional attachment, I just think is really healthy, so. So good, so good. Okay, yes. So we're going to get into the uh, leftover questions from last week. And Rebecca, I'm just going to start with you since you got the mic. Uh, but one of the questions that was most upvoted last week was, um, what's my role in finding a spouse? For sure. Yeah. So, I so think listen up. <laughs> listen up. Um, yeah. Okay. This is where you start taking notes. Yes. Sure. Take notes. Hopefully I say something good. <laughs> So I think kind of what we can, often where we fall here in my role of finding a spouse, I think we can often feel like we're not trusting the Lord by actively looking to find a spouse. There's even like, I think especially with females, this idea like, I'm just going to sit at my house and maybe my husband will show up at my door and knock. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Like in every area of life, we're called to take steps of faith. Like in having conversations with our coworkers and sharing the gospel and what job we're gonna have. So I don't see a reason why we shouldn't also take steps of faith in our dating life. Um, but I guess kind of where I'll start, like what's, what's my role? I think you have to know yourself. I think you have to be self-aware. And I think you even have to start asking yourself, like am I in a place where I could date to honor the Lord for the purpose of hopefully getting married one day? And honestly, if you're not, my advice to you is to not date anyone. <laughs> like, don't ask people out, don't go on dates. I think there's just so much room for, for hurt, and I think there's a lot of wisdom, um, yeah, in waiting until you know that you're ready. Because you just don't want to get yourself into a hard situation. Um, I think, too, like, if you feel like, okay, I'm in a place where I can date, I think the next thing you have to do is know what you want. And I think that's where you keep the, the who and the why and the how in mind. It's like, if I don't know what I want, I'm just going to go randomly around talking to all these people. And it's just like, honestly, it's not productive. And there's, there's just so much room for, for hurt and heartbreak in there. So I think it's important to know what you want. What you want. Um, I think you should also put yourself in situations where you're going to meet the kind of people that you would want to marry. So I don't think that's... I don't know. I don't think that's a bar. I don't think that's some, yeah, some certain dating apps that are just like not for that purpose. I think that's the church. I think that's spaces like this. Um, yeah, like surround yourself with the type of people that you might want to marry. Um, yeah, I'll say this too. Like, yeah, with knowing what you want, it's like you don't want to settle for yeah, anything less. Um, I feel like this is something that I'm experiencing a lot right now. Um, yeah, it's like, I think even last week as you guys were speaking, I just like found myself thinking and reflecting and feeling like I am just completely unwilling to be in a relationship with anyone who's going to take me even like the tiniest bit away from the Lord just like completely unwilling. Like even the thought of it like kind of sounds repulsive to me. I'm like, I just, I don't want that. Um, yeah, and even just found myself praying and asking the Lord like, okay, like if this is something that you have for me, like 
bring someone who would just only add fuel to the fire and not like not stomp it out. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm kind of going on a little rant here, but yeah, I think um, just what I would encourage you guys with, like it's worth waiting. It's worth waiting for the right person, um, the person who's going to encourage you in your relationship with the Lord. So like don't settle. And the Lord is so merciful and good and kind. Um, and you really can be fully satisfied in him and not like be in a relationship. So yeah, good. Okay. We got 18 minutes left to go through like nine questions. Are there, is there any thought y'all want to add to that one that feels important? Okay. We're just going to keep moving. By the way, I felt like I should have given a disclaimer after they all uh, responded about their dating lives. There is no dating life philosophy requirement to join staff with crew. So if you feel like, was this game rigged? Like, did they rig the game so that like they had like, this is not like a criteria question. Um, for, for joining staff with crew. But I think what is compelling is like, you're, you're hearing a lot of people talk, you're ta you're here, you heard us last week, me and Amy, but then you're hearing them now say like, uh, I have mistakes behind me and I don't care to repeat them. And it feels like this helps save us from that. Um, and so um, that's, that's a pretty compelling part for me. Okay, here's the next question. Um, how can I work on myself to be ready for marriage? So we're thinking both about we just answered the question of how do I find the person, but how, how, what do I need to be doing or working on to be ready to get that girl, get that guy? I can start All right, Shayla, answering on. this one. Um, yeah, so kind of two things came to mind. Um, number one, I had someone come up to me one time and just say, like, Sheely, I'm struggling with loneliness so much. Like, I... I just want to be in a relationship so bad, and I don't, I don't know what to do. And I was a junior at the time, so I didn't have very much wisdom. But <laughs> uh, the one thing that did come to mind was now's the time to pour into the community around you. Like there's so many other people that are feeling some of the same loneliness that you are. So now's the time, especially with like your same-sex friendships, to just pour deeper and deeper into those friendships, like to know those people and be known by those people. Um, and have that solid foundation of friendships around you of people that know you very deeply, but also love you and point you to Christ through that. Um, and by having those people around you, once you, if you get into a relationship, you have a solid foundation of friends that can speak life into that friendship. Um, they can give you advice. They can uh, give you words of warning or, you know, tell you, hey, I don't think you should be dating this person. Here's why. Um, and they can just speak that, those words of wisdom. So that can really just help you be, like, in a place that you could evaluate them without um, just being fogged by emotions or whatever. Um, and then the other thing is I feel like I experienced this a lot after the breakup and just, like, not really knowing what to do with all the free time I have. But, like, Work on becoming the person you want to be. I think we're all aware to some extent of our brokenness or, man, areas of our life that we really want to grow in. And so, like, be the person that, or work on being the person that you want to be um, in all areas of life and especially your walk with the Lord. So just spending time pouring into to that and working on that um, in the meantime. Other thoughts you all have? Uh, I think one thing that's really helpful uh, is to spend time in the Word, looking at like what picture uh, or how marriage is pictured in the Bible. 
Um, because I think it's really easy to just kind of take our picture of marriage as being like, oh, marriage is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be like, um, I don't know, like all the rom romance that we see in like movies and all that sort of thing. And that's kind of the picture that we imagine in marriage. And um, from all my friends who are married, um, that's, that's not the realistic picture. And so, and not that marriage sucks, like they're happy they're married. Um, but, but the call in marriage and the call that we see in the Bible um, to being a husband and to being a wife um, is often one of sacrifice and one of giving of yourself. Um, and so I think it's just good to go into, into dating with that mindset. Yeah, I think those are really great thoughts. Thinking about building your community, growing in your own walk with the Lord. I, I've even heard it said, man, it's like, it's actually way more about being the right person than finding the right person. Like, I think, I, like, for me, I was always, like, just daydreaming about kind of godly gal I was going to marry. And I'm like, oh, man, like, some girl that just, like, loves Jesus and, like, has deep friendships with other women who, like, love her and, like, other bros and... Um, and she's in the Word, and she does mission trips, and she, you know, like, studies the Bible, like, really passionately. And, you know, and then I was like, I don't really study the Bible passionately. I don't really read my Bible very much. But I would love to date someone who does. I and mean, then I thought, oh, wait, wait, wait. They're probably not going to want to date someone who's like me because they're going to want those. Th you know what I mean? And so, like, probably some wisdom to, like, be the right person, not only focus on finding the right person, right? Um, so that's, that's awesome, y'all. Okay, so let's talk about this, because like, you know, a lot of people, um, I have two questions um, that I want to ask. Um, there are people who are in relationships, or they have been, and so um, one question was like, if I've messed up, is there hope for the future? And so maybe you can think about that question both like, for me personally, like, if I've messed up, maybe I'm not with that person anymore. Do I have hope of, like, finding a godly spouse? Um, maybe we'll start with that question. Or, like, if I've messed up and I'm still dating that person, is there hope? Thoughts that you all got, you guys got? I can speak to that a little bit. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Like, God is a God of grace. Um, he's a God of mercy. And so if we're talking, like, yeah, I've messed up. I've sinned sexually. Like, there's there's so much grace. Um, I think it's really wise to think through, like, okay, how can I then set myself up for success and even put in place boundaries that maybe feel, like, really severe? But I think there's so much wisdom to that. Um, and I, I think another thing that's also important to keep in mind, like, is there hope? Absolutely but are we guaranteed a spouse? We're not. Um, yeah, the Bible talks about that a lot, that like, it even says it's, it's better to be single. And so I think that's a healthy thing to keep in the back of our minds that like, we, we might not get married, um, but God is so much better and like we can be fully satisfied in him, so. Uh, Eric just likes holding a microphone. I, I was actually trying to give it away. Um, I have one thought. I think more too, if if you are still dating, um, I, I just I think all this stuff is it's so easy to hear any of these things and to just think like, oh that like 
that sucks. That's tough. Or I don't like that. Um, and then, and be done with it. Um, but man, I, I think this is all really great um, to talk through. Like if you are dating someone and maybe there, there is uh, occasional like sexual sin or maybe you feel like you would be absolutely destroyed if that person decides to break up with you, then maybe some of this is worth at least talking about. Um, and, and not talking about, it's probably not helpful to be like, hey, we're doing this and we must do it. And I don't know, that's like, that's just not charitable. Um, but to talk about it in the context of wanting to pursue holiness and wanting to pursue the Lord. Um, and I think if that's your framework and that's the direction that you want to run to, um, then this is a great conversation to, to have with someone. Um, because if it's received really poorly and it's like, I don't care about this. Idea. Like, I don't care about pursuing holiness because I think that this sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I, to me, I'm going to care if that's their response. Because if that's their response to something like this, what's their response going to be when you're having, like, difficulty raising a child with this person? You have disagreements, and, and you want to shoot in the direction of holiness, and they don't want to follow or come with you. Um, I wouldn't want that. And I'm sure you don't as well. And so I think that's where, if, if you're in the middle of a relationship, it's at least worth talking about and talking through and seeing what's guiding these decisions. And I have one thing to say, too, just, um, I mean, I'm in women's ministry, so I mostly talk to women about this, but I, I know that a lot of you out there are thinking, man, if people really knew, like, what I've done, they would be so ashamed of me, and, or even thinking, like, I've gone so far, like, I'm not redeemable, I'm not worthy of love, I'm not, how am I ever going to find a healthy relationship, all of these things, um, And I just want to say, you are absolutely not alone in that. Um, And we just get in our minds when we don't talk about these things, we think that we're alone. We think we're the only ones that have dealt with it. But even like if you were to talk to crew staff about it, you would probably find out a lot of things that you were like, whoa, I had no idea that that they've gone through that or that they have struggled with that or been redeemed from that. Um, And yeah, we believe in a God who is a redeemer. He makes things new. And the lie that Satan tells you that you've messed up beyond redemption, like there's no hope for you, that is the absolute opposite of what Jesus says. All of us have have messed up to the point that we are deserving of death. And so, but he went to the cross and died for all of us, all of your sin, all of your past and present sin and future sin. And so even though we tell ourselves that lie, that is literally the opposite of what Jesus tells us. And so yeah. um, with any lie that you have, you have, you've got to replace it with truth. And a lot of that involves bringing trusted people into your lives, even in the messy parts that you don't want anyone to see. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we so want you all to hear it. Uh, and I mean, look at me when I say it. In, in the kingdom of God, you are not damaged goods. Like none of you. None of you. Whether something has been done, whether you have been sinned against or you have sinned against someone else, you're, you're not damaged goods in Christ. You are new. And the invitation in this is to live into that newness. Live into it. Let's talk about this question. Um, what are the red flags? I mean, we've talked about having hope, but like, 
what are the red flags when we're like, I'm in this relationship? What are the red flags that I, I actually, like maybe in some situations we can try to pivot, but in what situations does it actually need to result in like ending the relationship? Like it actually needs to stop. Something quick that comes to mind is um, discerning the difference between a red flag and an area of growth. Um, and I think the biggest thing, because everyone's going to have flaws, everyone's going to have parts that are not perfect, right? Um, but their willingness to grow in those areas and actually taking action steps to grow. Um, and so are they like aware of their own flaws and saying, hey, this is something that I struggle with, but like, here's how I'm pursuing holiness or here's how I'm like pursuing to change this or have the Lord change me in this versus like, well, this is just the way I am. So take it or leave it, you know? Yeah. Um, so we would call that repentance. Yeah. They need yeah. to be repentant people. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Good. Other, what are, so if there's no repentance, red flag, yeah. uh, run. <laughs> what yeah. are the other things? Run. Uh, I think, um, well, run may feel dramatic to this, but I think it's still true. That's how I like it, Eric. Uh, I yeah, like I it dramatic. I know. <laughs> um, I, th I think significant uh, indecision, not just from yourself, but from others. Um, I have yet to see uh, people who are waffling and waffling back and forth um, and, and have that, like, turn out well. Um, almost always, if you're having severe indecision, um, it's at least going to be good to take four steps back um, and run those four steps, if that makes you feel better. Um, but, and, and not just from you, but even more so. If there is indecision or, or even people saying, like, you need to break up, uh, for people who you respect, like, listen to them. If, I imagine you have people in your life who love you um, and who want to see the best for you. They, uh, like, listen to what they're saying. I mean, I've been there. I had hundreds, not hundreds. I had tens of people um, <laughs> telling me, <laughs> him included, yeah, and many others, um, him too, um, telling, me, telling me to run. Uh, and I was just like, nah, you don't know. Like, you don't know how, how close we are and how good this is. Uh, and so I would just work my way out of it. But if you have people telling you that you need to get out, it takes a bold person to say that, and it takes good reason to say that. So listen. To be clear, I was the one who told him to run from one person, but also to run after another person. So, yeah. so just so you know, That's true. I play both sides. <laughs> Yeah, I think a couple things that are worth mentioning here. Um, like, if you really want to walk with the Lord and follow him and make him known, I think a red flag is that they don't. Like, if they're not walking with the Lord, if they don't want to make him known, I think that's a red flag. And, like, I think you should really, really seriously think about that. Like, I think that's that's really significant. Um, but just a couple other that comes to mind. I honestly, honestly think maturity is really important. Like, how do they treat other people? Are they kind? Are they considerate? Um, do they keep commitments? Like, 
are, are things falling through the cracks all the time? Um, do they not respect your boundaries? Like things that you have said, hey, this is a boundary that I have, I'm unwilling to move. If they don't respect that, I think that's worth seriously reconsidering. Um, and I think too, like what kind of people are in their life and are you the only person in their life? Like I think Sheila maybe mentioned that a little bit ago. Like if this person is wanting you to be their sole source of like purpose and meaning and love, um, I think that's a really serious red flag. Good. Okay. I got three questions to wrap up with really quick here. So we'll try to deal them kind of rapid fire if we can. What about digital boundaries? I imagine with that question, we're talking about apps, we're talking about sexting, we're talking, I, I, uh, maybe I lack more imagine, what other things can we imagine <laughs> that that means? What about digital boundaries? The, yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is I'm more thinking about like sexting or even like the media that you're feeding your mind. That's probably more sexual with its content. Um, there, oh, like shows and like yeah, Netflix shows or like and this. Yeah, Instagram good. reels, TikTok, yeah. like all of it. Um, th like if you're feeding that kind of stuff to your mind or engaging with that, like with your boyfriend and girlfriend or a friend or anything like that, there's literally no good reason to do it. And you may be thinking, well, it's just over like text. It's not like actual physical things. The only reason you're doing it is for sexual gratification. That is literally the only reason, and that is not a good reason to do it. So there's absolutely no good reason. And then just with other medias, like what you're feeding your mind, like be aware of how it's affecting your thoughts. And it's, if it's changing your thoughts, you need to cut it out of your life. Um, and I, I've even noticed that with Instagram, you know, the algorithms, if you watch a certain video, it'll like send you videos that are similar to that. That's really dangerous when it comes to this kind of stuff. And so there have been times that I, you know, I watched a video longer than I should have, and then it started feeding me more things. And I said, mm -mm, I, I need to break from this right now. I'm deleting the app because this is unhealthy. It's bringing my mind to a place that I don't want it to go. That's not glorifying to God. Okay. Anything you guys would add? Digital have digital boundaries. Okay. Have yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that's wisdom. I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. Um, two, two final questions. Um, what, what do healthy friendships between men and women actually look like? I've heard it said, I even had people ask, is it even possible? Like, can we actually like be friends with each other and not have it become like we're in love with each other or like, I don't know. What does it look like to have and here's the way I actually like to think about it. I, 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 think it, I think some of our language is pretty important as Christ followers. What do healthy relationships look like between brothers and sisters in Christ? Yeah, I mean, I hope we can have healthy friendships between brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I, think, I think you do have to think about what that means, though. And I do think that there should be, honestly, boundaries in place just for protection. I think you have to think a lot about especially emotional vulnerability. Um, yeah, something that is really helpful for me in thinking about that. So like, say I'm wrestling with something, I'm thinking about something, and I'm like, oh, I kind of want to tell my, my male friend Eric here or whatever. Um, like, have I, <laughs> I don't know, he's sitting next to me, he's an example. Um, like, have I processed this with other women in my life? Have I told somebody else this, or am I just like, you know, 
telling one of my friends. So I think you, you should really think about um, emotional boundaries. And I think things too that like come across as dating, like am I texting this person a ton? Am I sending them good morning texts? Am I doing things like that? Like those, those are just really sending mixed signals. And I think in order to protect and honor our brothers and sisters in Christ, um, yeah, we should think about those things. Yeah, I, one, one addition to that, I think that's great, is I think, um, like, at least in my experience, the ones, and myself included uh, at times, like, the ones who struggle with this most are the ones who are very unclear with their intentions. Um, and so they, they have, like, six people that they're somewhat interested in, um, and, and they, they're kind of waiting for one of them to make a move or something. Um, and so they're, like, passively interested in people all the time. Um, and that's where I think... It's, it's even less so about the, the platonic friendships you want to have, but more so about the, like, pursuing those dating, uh, those, those, those people to date if you're uh, interested. Uh, because it's, when, when it's very clear to someone that, like, you aren't going to be clear if you're into someone, then, of course, it's just going to be confusion. But if you're the kind of person who, if you're interested in someone, you just ask them out, uh, your, your other brothers and sisters in Christ aren't going to be concern um, about if you're into them because you make your intentions clear. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, I'm realizing I kind of ended on an intense question to end with and I'm regretting that a little bit. So, um, but it's a real question that we had and it was this question of how do I confront others in sexual sin? And I'll go ahead and clarify the question because certainly uh, Christ followers shouldn't go around policing the world about their sin, right? Like, did you know? Like, you know. Um, I'm going to contextualize it and say, if I have someone who is a brother or sister in Christ that, you know, they, I know that they claim to be a Christ follower, maybe there's someone I'm really close with, and I know that they're engaging in sexual sin, um, how do I enter into that as a friend? And I really appreciate that question because I'm like, that's, that's like a caring question to ask. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think I think it all starts with posture. Uh, you can you can immediately lose in this scenario if your goal is to tell someone that they are in sexual sin, or if your goal is to say like this is like you're a problem or you're this is problematic um, and you need to stop. Um, and I say that because whether or not you're right, that's never going to be received well. Um, and so I think it's important that you begin with a posture of, of care and concern. Um, because if you are bringing these things, and if you can't get there, then you sh I don't think you should bring it up. Um, but if, you're, if your posture is care and concern, that you care that this person uh, follows the Lord. You care that this person um, values what Christ values. And you're concerned that they're not. I think that's the only way to approach this person and to ask them questions and to be curious. Um, not to say like, I think you're doing this, but to ask like, hey, I'm just concerned that, that there may be some, some sexual sin in your relationship. Um, is, is that true at all? Uh, or am I way off base? Um, I'd love to talk about that and just invite them into that rather than accusing. Because um, I think the moment you accuse, like, I, at least I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't really want to talk to you if someone just accuses me. Um, but if you're curious and you ask. So I think that's how you start. You guys can add to that. Yeah, I think I would say, like, 
then be willing to walk alongside them and keep the gospel at the center the whole time. Um, it's hard. Like, it's not easy. I don't think an initial conversation is going to change anything. Um, encourage them, hold them accountable, encourage them to walk by the Spirit. Um, we need the Spirit in these kinds of situations. Um, and yeah, like, kind of like you guys were sharing last week, like if, and I think you can make that offer, be like, do you want me to help you? Like, do you want me to walk alongside you in this? Like, I think it's really good to ask their permission and see if that's something they want. And if it is, um, yeah, like, do it well. And, and I, like you guys said, like, be specific and, and really, like, invite them into your life. So. so good. Can we give them a round of applause? Thank them. Awesome. Um, yeah. Hey, thank, thanks for being willing. Um, like, thanks for being willing to engage with us about this the last couple weeks. Um, and like we said last week, what we most desire um, is is really just to um, start a conversation with y'all about this, and really to create a space within our community where we can talk about these things. Because we think it's actually a really it's a big part of our lives. Um, it's a big part of like what it uh, impacts our walk with our Lord, with the Lord, um, and with others. And so, um, it's a big deal. And, uh, and so we so want to encourage you, um, man, I really do hope, I hope that we've both, uh, lifted up uh, a higher view of dating. And I also want to bring it lower and say, just ask people out, just do it. <laughs> like, I think you're, you're like, you're like, you're, you, you know, don't like get to this place where you're like, I need to know if I'm going to marry him before I ask him on a date. No, 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 no. That's why you go on the date to get to know them. And you're like, yeah, but we went on one date. Do I have to, like, get married yet? No. You don't have to ever ask him out again. You'd go on once, you're done. That's okay. Have a good time. Um, my, yeah, if you guys knew Roger Hershey, older crew staff guy, he always said a date is a divine appointment to encourage. And I was like, ooh, see that D-A-T-E? He was just like, just take people out and encourage their faces off. Like, that's awesome. So... <laughs> May your life be full of great dates in the future. All right, be blessed. So thank you guys for being here, and we'll look forward. We got our last crew at the Stone Chapel next Thursday. And then two weeks from now, we'll do crew in the park. So year's coming to an end quickly, y'all. So it'll be great. Have a great night. Thanks for being here. And